This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio, wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Daniel Sellerson. What's going on? Welcome into the Thursday edition of the Black and Blue Report. I'm Daniel Salerson, filling in for Sean Kelly. Glad to be back in the hosting chair. It's been a little bit. We took a little break, Sean and I, for the All-Star break. Um, the show did not, but we appreciate you tuning in today. Trade deadline day, so it's a busy day here on Airline Drive. It also might not be a busy day. We really don't know yet, as we're recording this around 1020 Central. And I bring in Jim Eikenhofer from Pelicans.com to join me, because it is trade deadline day, and... Jim, I think the big thing is that both of us have not been traded yet, so good sign. But I mean, still plenty of time left. There is still plenty of time. Well, that's definitely a good thing that we haven't been moved yet. I mean, it's surprising we've lasted this long. I don't mean this year. I mean just you know over several years that we're still here. So you gotta you gotta you gotta thank uh, be thankful for that. You know, our names get brought up all the time in Twitter, and it's just hard to read. And one, I just want to know what my value is. I mean, I feel like a couple mouse pads and a calculator and. Right. I think the value is even, so it'll be interesting to see whether we make it to 2 p.m., but I wish you the best of luck. You too. I, I feel like sometimes our names both come up in the same trade packages, and I'm not really sure what to think about that. But Well, but, I think um, it's more that they want you to be packaged in and take on your high salary, <laughs> so I think that's the big thing. Oh, My yeah. salary is not really a big factor, but yours, okay. I mean, I think that's the big problem is fitting a team that can afford your... It all makes sense now. Yeah. All right, let's talk about today a little bit because we've been in this situation before as team employees that today is a interesting day around here. You kind of don't know what's going to go happen. You just read what the rumors are. You don't know what to believe. There's only you know a few people that kind of would go to as far as breaking news. But what's this day like for you? Um, what do you expect from today? Right now, we've only seen about two trades. Again, this is about 1020 Central Time. Two trades that happened a couple days ago. But other than that, it's been pretty quiet. I mean, I hate to have a strong opinion one way or the other because I could be proven to be completely wrong. Um, I, I do find this day to be really interesting. It's such a unique kind of curious day because you go into it thinking there could be a ton of changes or there could be nothing that happens, nothing at all that happens. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it's one of those uh, weird things that comes up every year where um, you kind of have to be ready for anything. And then that that's kind of the way that you approach it. I know a lot of fans want to see trades happen to make just to see trades happen. But I feel like the Pelican situation is they're not going to feel like they're in a position that they're not going to make a trade just to make a trade. I think the right thing has to come along, especially they're in a weird situation, I think, because they're six and a half back. No team has made the playoff six and a half back going into the all-star mm -hmm. break, but they're still kind of in that weird. Hey, if we have a good record, you make the playoffs, but also you start looking at next year. I think the Pelican situation in particular is kind of an interesting one for these next four hours. Wouldn't you say? Yeah. I, I would say so. And, you know, the one thing that I think happens a lot at the trade deadline every year is that people, fans, media, you name it, think they go into it saying like, OK, they have to do this. They have to do that. The problem I always have with with second guessing or even first guessing moves is that you don't know what what offers you're getting from other teams. You could have six offers and all of, from other teams and all six of them are terrible. Mm -hmm. So do you want to do something just to say, hey, we did something? So I think that's one of the problems looking at it from the outside in terms of evaluating what teams do is that you don't know whether you're in a position where you're getting decent offers. And 
I've never been a believer in doing something for the sake of doing something. You don't want to make a move that's going to make you worse. No. But I, I feel like, um, you know, that's the th- that's the part that's really hard to gauge from year to year is, is um, you know, you can't control what the other 29 teams are going to do. So, but hopefully, you know, if, if that's what you're looking for, you, hopefully you'll see some something that's that piques your interest and that you can pull the trigger on. All right, we're not going to dive into it too much. I want to let you go just so we can kind of get back to watching Twitter for the next four hours. Sure. But the one thing I want to talk about with the new CBA and the, probably the most likely <coughs> potential for salary cap to go up next year, with everyone looking at expiring contracts as kind of a reason to make trades to acquire them, that way you get them off the books. Do you feel like that has the value of the expiring contract has diminished a little bit this year because most teams are going to have some sort of money yeah. come this offseason? Yeah, I do. I think that it's definitely not as big of a deal because I think everyone's going to have money, like you said. Um, the one one thing that I've, I think is interesting that I've heard a lot in the last day or two, though, is in terms of we'll see whether this actually factors in and makes teams make more moves, but... I have heard people say that teams are motivated, like in the situation where Detroit picked up to Tobias Harris. Teams, I think some teams are motivated to get a guy that's already under contract because when the cap goes way up, whatever number figure a guy's making in salary is actually going to be better. It's going to be more affordable because all the numbers, I think, are going to be skewed. So I, I do think that there might be some teams that are saying, like, hey, let's get a guy who – Right now, his his salary looks pretty high, but after the salary cap goes up, it'll be a very good bargain. So I, I do wonder a little bit if that's going to impact teams in in um in trying to pick up some guys. But on the other hand, by doing that, you're you're still going to have salary cap room, but you're also kind of limiting some of your options in the summer. And I know teams hate to do that. A lot of times, they want to be have some certainty that they'll be able to have flexibility and stuff like that. So. I think that's um, that's one factor that I've heard people talk about a lot more in the last day or two than, than I had heard before that could impact what happens today. All right, 2 p.m. Central is the trade deadline. We'll have plenty for you on pelicans.com if anything goes down. Um, follow Jim all day. He's not going to tweet any rumors or anything, but once the deals are done and if anything happens, you want to make sure to follow Jim and don't worry about fake accounts. I don't think there's a fake Jim Eichenhofer out there. Is there a Tim Beikenhofer that's trying to do <laughs> fake Pelicans tweets? No, I haven't seen any. Don't give people any ideas, but no, there, uh, there's no fake account. And I am verified, so I don't have to worry about it anyways. Oh, wow. So, so there You're you go. You're a lucky guy. Well, with like 11,000 <laughs> followers, you should be verified. Um, but yeah, there are some people that fall for the fake accounts. Please be advised before you retweet anything or believe anything. Look out. I've seen some people being tricked into it and yeah with Wo with Woj especially yeah Woj from uh, Yahoo there's a fake Woj out there mm-hmm. that his uh, name was Tony Smell yesterday <laughs> so if you see that yeah. that is not legit that's because probably he did a him. fake Pelicans trade yesterday yeah and um some people fell for it so yeah don't do the, don't yeah. be that guy right all right Jim we'll talk to you actually we'll probably talk to you tomorrow in a little roundtable discussion if the trade deadline um kind of heats up a little bit sure and Pelicans 76ers tomorrow here we go looking forward to it playing some games Actually, I know. Me too. All right. Uh, coming up on today's show, we'll have Justin Verrier from ESPN.com. He's a new beat writer covering the team, the Pelicans, that is, for ESPN.com. We'll introduce him, talk to him about this Pelicans team. Then Doug Mouton will uh, join Sean Kelly, talk a little bit about the Saints offseason. Doug Mouton, sports director at WWL-TV. And then we'll wrap things up here from Studio B. All right. When we come back, Justin Verrier from ESPN.com. You're listening to the Black and Blue Report. 
Join your New Orleans Pelicans on Thursday, February 25th at 7 p.m. at the Smoothie King Center when your Pelicans tip off against All-Stars Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, and the Oklahoma City Thunder. Pelicans Fest starts at 5.30 with music, interactive games, and appearances by Pierre and the Pelicans Dance Team. Limited tickets are still available, so don't miss out on any of the action. And call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to get your tickets today. You owe it to yourself and your home to call Terminix. I'm Vincent Palumbo. Whether you need a lifetime termite damage guarantee or hassle-free pest control service, we do it all. And I'm Ed Martin, Terminix entomologist. We have developed a convenient pest control system where we're scheduled in your home only twice a year. We attack bugs outside where they live. Call 834-7330 for guaranteed control of any pests or termites. Terminix does it all. We're talking Pelicans basketball on the Black and Blue Report. All right, welcome back to the show. Time to talk some Pelicans here on the Black and Blue Report. A very busy day here on the campus of the Saints and the Pelicans. Joining me now is someone who's going to be pretty busy as well. And we'll welcome in Justin Barrier, who uh, is coming to us uh, from ESPN.com, now going to cover the Pelicans full-time. And Justin, you just moved here a couple days ago. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So how many times have you been to the Big Easy before you moved here? Was this your first time? Uh, I think literally one, and it was to look for an apartment. Okay. And it was during Mardi Gras, which was made for an interesting... Not the best time to be looking for an apartment. No, uh, and I had no idea Mardi Gras was even happening at okay. that time. So You'll learn show, quickly. Yeah, just to show you how versed I am in the local customs. So you're kind of settled in a little bit now? Yeah, yeah, Trying for to be. the most part. I mean, okay. I'm still sleeping on a uh, inflatable mattress in my barren apartment, okay. and uh, I got a nice little lounge chair All going, right. so I have two pieces of furniture, so, All so right. far so good. And you come at a pretty interesting time here as the trade deadline approaches today around 2 Central. Uh, first off, what will you be doing for ESPN.com um, for the Pelicans as far as covering them? Yeah, so I, I guess I'm just the beat writer, okay. you know, so everything that comes along with that, I'll be with the team, uh, not traveling full-time, but you know, here and there, and writing about them as much as possible, and then, you know, all the other sort of multimedia things that come with that. Now, when I follow you on Twitter, I noticed a lot of your tweets were about the Pelicans. Was that something that you kind of were assigned to them, you know, from afar, and then they said, okay, now it's time to cover them full-time? Are they starting to go that route, kind of like what, what they do in the NFL as far as a beat writer for each team? Are they starting to grow that way a little bit for the basketball side? Yeah, I think that's that's the goal. Mm-hmm. I think, um, uh, I, ha- I can't say for sure, right. but... Uh, I think, you know, we're getting to the point where we're covering all the teams that, you know, uh, not necessarily matter, but, you know, just are prominent mm-hmm. in the NBA landscape. Uh, Pelican's kind of on the rise, and obviously Anthony Davis is a big deal for us and, and for you guys and, and everyone around here. And, and so I think they had goals of, of just expanding the coverage to the point where we're just covering teams of, of right. need. And, uh, yeah, so I, I think this was kind of talked about for a while, which is why I, mm-hmm. you probably saw me tweeting from afar. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it finally got uh, everything got signed off on and, and here I am. And I'm, I'm really happy to be here. So what is so intriguing about this Pelicans team? I know this year has been a little disappointment. 20 and 33, they're six and a half back of a playoff spot from you've probably watched mostly every game for them. But what's been so intriguing about them that now you're going to cover them full time? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a lot of things. I think um, more than any team right now, I think they kind of symbolize uh, some interesting questions just league wide. If you look at the canvas of the NBA. Uh, they have one of the best players in the NBA right now, a generational talent who right now is still on a rookie contract. I know he's signed mm-hmm. an extension, so that's right. going to be coming up. But I think if you look at them, I think they're an interesting case study in how do you build around a star like that? Because that one piece is the one thing you need 
Uh, if you look at all the champions throughout, you know, NBA history outside of maybe the Detroit Pistons in the 2014, uh, that's the one building block you need in order to get that far. And so you look at the Pelicans now, they can go either way. They can build a dynasty. They could maybe lose him down the road. So I think that's that's probably one of the more interesting questions I'm looking at. You know, regardless of success or whatever right. going forward. Uh, and, and then obviously just being in the small market is an interesting. Um, you know, possibility just given the way things are happening with the CBA now and uh, the effects it had on a big market team like the Miami Heat, and you see teams like the Lakers kind of struggling to uh, build now with those rules in place. You wonder how it affects the small market team. Mm-hmm. Are, are things really leveled out as they kind of hope to be when they set forth those rules? So, all that stuff, and then just local flavor is also yeah. really interesting to me. I'm into the weird stuff. So Okay, we came to the right place. <laughs> right, exactly. Well, I kind of want to talk about this small market and how free agents are kind of looking at things these days. I feel like we're past the point of players just wanting to go to a big market. I think you look at the Kevin Durant's now, LaMarcus Aldridge choosing San Antonio over the New York Knicks. Um, you have Anthony Davis now here. Do you think players are now starting to look at the fact that they just want to win, get on a winning team, pair up with a star more than, hey, I just want to go to a big market. Is that what we're seeing here? And how does that affect a team like the Pelicans who does have that star in Anthony Davis? Yeah, I, th- I think that's what you're looking at these days. I think last offseason was pretty indicative of that uh, with both the Knicks and the Lakers kind of striking out. The Knicks got you know a few guys, Robin Lopez, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But um, I still think it's at the point where the big markets might be able to have the edge when they do have something. But it's not going to be the case back in the day when you're just you're throwing money at Shaq and he's just going to come because it's the Lakers and the legacy and, and just the limelight. I still think they might prioritize that if, let's say, D'Andre Russell turns into something, if Kristaps uh, Porzingis turns into the player we all expect him to be now. Um, but you look at what the Bucks did with Greg Monroe. I mean, obviously it hasn't worked out for them, but at this point, it that was a, a pretty big deal in the NBA landscape. It kind of showed that a small market team could strike a blow there. Uh, in regard to the Pelicans, you know, I, I think they still have a little ways to go here. Obviously, guys w- should be lining up to play with Davis soon. Um, but I think it still remains to be seen that uh, they have uh, the team around him to keep competing full-time. I mean, last year was a was a big, big uh, step for this team. But you wonder going forward, especially after this year, how that's going to play out. I, I think this offseason is going to be really interesting for them. Very interesting. And at least they, they do have first-round pick this year, which hasn't been something they've had in the last couple of years. So that will kind of intrigue fans and uh, people as well. Um, you mentioned this team last year making the playoffs at 45-37. and 37. I think a lot of people thought it was fool's gold just based on Oklahoma City's injuries. Nonetheless, they still made it at 45-37 and 37. this year. They've kind of declined a little bit. What has been the biggest difference in your eyes, um, this team this year, compared to last year with basically the same roster? I know a new system, a lot of injuries, but is there anything different you're noticing from this team of why they've struggled so much this year? I mean, yeah, I, I think you just kind of hit on it. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think it's the obvious. I mean, it, obviously the injuries. Um, you saw what Quincy Pondexter was able to do with this team last year and kind of how he pushed them forward enough so they can get to the playoff spot. Uh, and I think just losing him was such a big deal. And especially now in the NBA, when wings and the three and D wing is so crucial to what you're doing, especially with Alvin coming in and coming from the Warriors, it seems like those are pretty much all of the guys there. They're all that size. They all play defense. They all hit threes, and they're all really smart players who can run an offense without really much instruction. It's more more more, more motion, more kind of on the fly sort of sort of things. Um, and Quincy's kind of only, that only guy that they had. Uh, Dante and, and Alonzo are nice specialists, and they're they're nice players to have. Um, but when you lose Quincy, it kind of there's such a drop off there, um, and then obviously, I mean, the injury just kept rolling from there, and um, 
you wonder if at this deadline uh, or in the offseason, maybe that's a source of kind of uh, focus just because those players seem like they're, you know, they're important to the NBA and especially important to Alvin and like the system he's going to try to run. What about the play of Drew Holiday? Uh, You know, his injury kind of his minute restriction kind of hurt him at the beginning. He seems to be coming along, coming off the bench his last 10 games, averaging almost 21 points, seven assists. He's 16 and six this season. Are we starting to see the old Drew Holiday, all-star Drew Holiday now with the Pelicans? Yeah, I mean, I love Drew Holiday. I just love the way he plays. Uh, there's just such a sense of control of the court and just like everything around him when he plays. It's really fun to watch. And uh, I was watching the all-star game. I was actually in New Orleans, so I, I got a little local flavor yeah. when I was at the bar. Um, and you could see what Davis is able to do with someone like Chris Paul. I know that's kind of like a New Orleans fever dream at this yeah. point, but... Um, you could see if you just have someone there to just loft it up, you could see like what it does to expand his game and just kind of opens him up. You know, he's such this, this great athletic big guy. And, and when you have someone like drew, maybe not up to the same caliber as CP three, but I mean, you could see why they gave up those picks to get someone like drew, because you need that guy with Davis. He's not a Kevin Durant type at this point where he's going to create his own offense um, he's still getting a lot of his offense off of point guards, and someone like Drew is the type of guy that you know you need around him. It's still, it's still a little bit sad, kind of watching, because you do watch him with the idea that you worry maybe something might happen. You know, there's nothing that's based on nothing, right? But you're just worried that based on his history, that you know, no, he made this misstep. Oh, what's going on? Um, but it's been really gr- uh, great to see him kind of perform up to what we were used to seeing him before. And this seems like the offense this offensive system is perfect for him. This is the kind right. of offense that he will thrive in, correct? Yeah, yeah, you would think so. I mean, I think he's good, he'd be good in any offense. Right. I think that's, you see the versatility when you move him to off guard and now suddenly Tyreek is controlling the ball mm-hmm. or Norris or somebody else, but he's so versatile. And then back the other way on defense, I mean, he's so big mm-hmm. for it, for just being a point guard. So you could play him at the one or two and maybe even spot him at the three a little bit on defense. But, you know, he's the type of guy you need. Uh, I guess we'll see what happens down the road. It's still kind of a wait and see thing with him. Um, but, you know, I hope it works out just for the fun of watching the Pelicans. You know, I still watch for fun a lot of the time. And uh, it, it's great to just see those two guys go to work. All right. So the Pelicans 20 and 33, 29 games ago. They're kind of in a weird place. Six and a half games back. No team has made it to the playoffs being six and a half back at the all-star break. Um what are the storylines for you and the fans to look out for in these last 29 games? What should fans kind of see? Because you're kind of dwindling with playoffs and not playoffs, but you might get to that point where you're not in the playoff race. What should fans look out for in these last 29 games if you're a Pelicans fan? Yeah, I think a lot of it's going to depend on the next few hours okay. here. So we'll see what uh, what path they really go on. I do feel like this and the offseason are kind of inflection points for them. Mm-hmm. They can kind of either you know, come to the realization that the playoffs might be too tough to go for and pack it in and start playing for the long haul. Uh, if not, I think you're looking more for development under under Gentry and, and kind of offense, defense. Obviously, defense is a huge sore spot, so you're hoping some of, you know, the Darren Ehrman effect kind of plays off, uh, plays into, you know, how things work out here. Um, yeah, going forward, I, I mean, there's always the question of, do you just tear it down? Do you tank? Do you go full-on Sixers? Or do you kind of try to, uh, you know, just build with what you have? Uh, I think it's interesting. Alvin's at an interesting point because he was coaching the Suns, or he took over the Suns when the Shaq thing kind of fell apart. Right. And then he was with the Warriors, obviously, when they didn't trade Clay. So mm-hmm. if you look at recent history, two pretty significant events um, over the past decade or so, he seems to be in a position where he's used to just kind of building with what's there. 
obviously completely different situations, but you do wonder if he might prefer or if it might be better for the long haul, considering how tough it was to just get into the system, to do things different for what they had been doing under Monty. It might be just best to kind of keep going forward and just, you know, adapting, really. Um, so that's kind of what I'm looking out for, just the, you know, roster changes and just see, I guess, who is here for the long haul yeah. is, is the big question, right? Yeah, who's here tomorrow? And that, that <laughs> right. brings me to my last question here. We're recording this around 9.15 Central, so I guess five hours Central time until the deadline is over. Of course, trades also come out after that, so it's not necessarily going to be over right at 2 Central. But we have only seen two main trades in the last few days. Um, we're recording this now before practice. I know a lot of people will hear this at noon, but do you expect a flurry activity today? Are we waiting for one domino trade to fall, or do you think this could be a very quiet next five hours around the league? Yeah, it, it's so interesting. Um, I mean, it, I feel like we do this every year where it's like nothing's happening. and like, where, what's happening? And we're on Twitter all day, and you know, I pretty much just sat in my apartment all day yep. and pretty much was on Twitter and just making sure I didn't miss anything. Uh, and then all of a sudden, last second, boom, everything falls into place. Uh, you wonder if, you know, some of the big dominoes are going to fall. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess it's up in the air. My question would be is if the rising cap affects how uh, things play out in the deadline because so many people have so much money. Um, one thing, I, I, you know, I kind of heard was uh, our teams going are going to be more willing to trade because they want that extra edge of having the bird rights and being able to sign those guys because there is so much money out there. Yeah. Um, one thing I've been watching, uh, in addition to the Pelicans, just like what the Rockets are going to do. I feel like if any team's going to do something, it's them. Right. Just because Daryl has just never been shy about mm-hmm. just, you know, just slinging something, you know, yeah. just doing what he needs to do and not really worrying about what's going on. Now, you could argue that might be their problem right now, that they didn't worry too much about chemistry. Yeah. Uh, and they, they, they focus too much on, you know, just the roster construction. But uh, it should be interesting. I'm definitely looking forward to it. Um, and if anything happens here, you know, hopefully... I'll have something to say about it. Right. How can folks follow you on Twitter just so they can keep up with your news with the team? Yeah, so uh, just my name, Justin Verrier. It's a V-E-R-R-I-E-R. I know it's a, a tough one. My mom used to likes to say Marrier with a V, if okay. that helps. That works. And maybe you'll change it now to Verrier since you're down here. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Justin Verrier from ESPN.com covering the Pelicans now. Justin, welcome to the Big Easy, and uh, we'll look forward to talking to you throughout the season. All right. Thank you. Enjoy today. Thanks. Or maybe not enjoy it. I don't know. <laughs> It'll be interesting. <laughs> yeah. All right. When we come back, we'll focus on the Saints. Doug Mouton from WWL-TV will join Sean, talk about the Saints offseason, and then we'll go from there. Stay with us. You're listening to the Black and Blue Report. The Harlem Globetrotters bring their 90th anniversary world tour to the Smoothie King Center for two shows Saturday, April 2nd. Witness some of the world's best athletes execute unbelievable feats of ball handling, trick shots, and comedy. It's the team's most epic tour in 90 years and a lifelong memory in the making. Score your tickets at Ticketmaster.com and don't miss your chance to get in on the action at the Smoothie King Center Saturday, April 2nd at 2 and 7 p.m. Ever been surprised by a bill? A big bill that's higher than expected? Entergy's online tools let you take control. Try level billing so there are no surprises. Pick a due date that works for you. And sign up for alerts to remind you when your bill is due. Make your bills fit your budget. Don't wait another month. Take action today at EntergyIdeas.com. That's the power of people. Entergy. 
Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here's Sean Kelly. All right, welcome back to our Thursday edition of the Black and Blue Reports. As uh, we continue on this Thursday, we're very pleased to welcome in the sports director at WWL Television. Mr. Doug Mouton joins us here to talk a, a couple of different topics. First of all, Doug, how are you? Very good, Sean. How are you? I'm doing great, thank you. I'm ready for the uh, basketball to resume, and I'm ready for more Saints offseason news and, and all the other doings here as we turn toward the spring. You know, it's, it's interesting, uh, Doug, and we'll talk about a couple of these things, just because the football team is not in season right now doesn't mean that things aren't really busy. I, sometimes I forget, and I think maybe fans forget, that um, the world does continue and the, and the calendar does have <laughs> some sprinkle to it, even though the Saints aren't in season. Oh, yeah, and this time of year is as busy. Obviously, football season's our busiest time, but this time of year is we have a ton of stuff going on right now. New Orleans, actually, our, our sports scene, we have about a maybe a – three- or four-week slow period <laughs> that runs from late June until training camp starts in late July. And that, that is really the only slow time in New Orleans. You've still got the Zephyrs going on there, but you've got the Zephyrs and pretty much nothing else. Um, this time of year, there's a ton of stuff going on between Saints and basketball season, and that includes all sports, LSU potentially making an NCAA run, high school basketball, Obviously, the Pelicans, free agency about to start with the Saints. Um, there's a lot of stuff right now. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Um, let's 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 begin our conversation kind of with the Saints. Uh, and obviously, the Jari Evans news uh, was uh, very interesting, and I loved the way that the organization uh, reflected on his time with the team. And uh, Mickey Loomis was quoted as saying it was just an excruciating decision to make. Um, but but I guess uh, if you looked at it objectively, Doug, it probably has to be the right decision. But there's there's no denying what Jari Evans meant to the New Orleans Saints. Yeah, when it comes down to a move like that, the one I think about originally is when San Francisco is at the top of their game and they let Joe Montana uh, go to Kansas City, and then they came back and won more for another Super Bowl. Um, it's hard when you have a guy who's been that kind of linchpin to what you're doing. Uh, to me, he's the second-best offensive lineman in Saints history. Willie Rofe is Willie Rofe, and mm-hmm. Willie Rofe's the most talented offensive lineman I've ever seen. Jerry Evans is number two with the Saints, uh, the best guard to ever play in 49 years of Saints football. So to me, that says about all you can say. Uh, six times to the Pro Bowl, and if you look at the list of guys on the Saints' uh, all-time roster who went at least six times um, it's Drew Brees and Ricky Jackson and Morton Anderson, those types. And, and Jerry Evans fits in with that crowd. Um, it, it's a difficult decision. Saints fans are smart. It's, I think Saints fans get it. Um, every Saints fan that I have heard talk about Jerry says the same thing. It's really kind of what Mickey Loomis says. What a great um, player he was. And I can say from a locker room standpoint, he was a great guy to deal with on our end just gracious and just a nice guy, the kind of guy that we love. Seeing on the team, you want guys who are going to be gracious and professional, win or lose, and that was him every week, Uh, and a great player. But look, yeah, at some point you have to move on. Decisions are difficult like that. Um, Players always are going to want to play beyond maybe where they can probably really help you. And for the money and what they needed, 
um, it looks like a move that had to be made. One of those just unfortunate end-of-an-era kind of things. Yeah, without a doubt. Doug, everybody's view on the Saints offseason varies along a a very wide spectrum here. Uh, I'd like to hear what your thoughts are as far as what the Saints perhaps need to accomplish in the offseason and what is realistic about what they can accomplish here before we get to say minicamp? No, no. That's it. And, and look, I think last offseason, um, the Saints did a lot. And actually, one thing that Mickey Loomis, and, and I even wrote this in something I did for our web, that the 7-9 and nine records in 14 and 15 are the same record, but the feeling is grossly different. Couldn't be more different. Uh, 14 was just a disaster. It just was. And at the end of the year, uh, at this time last year, the Saints needed some pieces. It was it was crazy to think that they were going to get anywhere close. Um, last offseason, I thought the Saints put some, some quality pieces in place. And heading into this offseason, um, I think what you need is a little easier to define now. And I, I definitely think they're closer than they were at this time last year. Obviously, now you've got to get a guard. Um, You'll have Tim Lolita, who's a restricted free agent on one side. You've got to get a guard. That becomes an immediate bigger priority than it was. I certainly think they need help along the defensive line. They got great play from uh, Kevin Williams last year. Um, can you still count on him uh, at plus 35? I, I don't know. And in fact, I still I think they might need. If you talk about a six or seven man rotation along the defensive line, they might still need two or three guys. And you would love to have a difference maker at the level that Cam Jordan is, meaning if you look for a place to spend your first-round draft pick, that certainly seems like where you go. And if you look at the model that Carolina and Denver got to the Super Bowl with, they both got there with incredible play up front on defense leading the way. And so that certainly looks like where you want to go. And it looks like the draft has those guys. So, it, that would appear to be where you go, and I still think you need linebacker help. To me, those are the most glaring places. I'd love to see the Saints get a big play wide receiver, too, to go with Brandon Cooks and give Drew Brees multiple options. The one thing about the offense this year, the Saints were terrific moving the ball, but still ace in scoring offense. When they were great um, in 09 and 11, they were better than that, and I think that's missing Jimmy Graham. You could use the red zone target of one big terrific wide receiver so to me those are the most glaring needs guard is the one that became a need with Jari Evans mm-hmm. can Andrew Pete fill that role in your eyes well to me Andrew Pete's gonna play, gonna play tackle and Sean Payton said that enough I'm I'm taking him I'm taking Sean Payton at that I think I think what you will what you will have is as good as anybody at tackle um, with Armstead and Pete and Streep and Maybe Zach Streep goes back to the role he played early in his career where he's the third tackle and they use him a lot in three tight end sets. Um, the Saints have been adamant that Andrus Pete plays tackle. Uh, Zach Streep's not a guard. It, it, there's no way on earth they're messing with Teron Armstead's left tackle spot. So to me, you're, you're right. good at tackle. I love the, the variety and you're good at center, but you definitely need a guard. So to me, if you can great money together for one free agent, um, and no one's done a better job than the Saints at <laughs> making money appear out of nowhere or making salary cap room appear out of nowhere. Um, you, you go after a guard in free agency, um, and then you go after your defensive help in the draft. 
Doug Mota from WWL Television with us here on the Black and Blue Report. Uh, Doug, let's talk about some of the other things that you uh, discussed uh, as bar- being part of the, the landscape at the moment in sports across our area. Um, when it comes to you and your staff with, with regards to whether it be high school basketball, uh, postseason about to start, perhaps an individual player that's gaining a lot of attention, uh, LSU, are they in, are they out uh, with regard to, to college basketball or even as a lot of folks are excited about college baseball really ramping up this weekend, uh, which, which things grab or will grab perhaps the most attention here in the next week or two? In the next week or two, well, college baseball starting this week, that, that's sort yeah. of been our focus this week. We, we went to Baton Rouge. We went to Hammond where Southeastern is on maybe its best two-year run in school history. Um, Tulane's got maybe their best team since they went to the World Series. Um, so so we, we concentrated a lot on uh, college baseball right this minute. So, some of the spring, we do a high school football show every week in the fall. During the spring, we, we take the high school sports sort of as they come. Um, the soccer, uh, we're in the quarterfinals of state soccer. We'll cover those when we get to semifinals next week. We've got a ton of local teams alive. And then beginning after that, basketball will be in the, by then they'll be in the playoffs and we'll cover a lot of high school basketball. We get spread thin at this time of year because we're trying to cover so many different things. Uh, we were able to go to the LSU basketball game last week. Um, we'll, we'll cover them a lot right now. Now, college basketball, LSU is the one team with a shot. The Tulane women have a shot. We've been able to cover them pretty consistently. Right now, we don't go heavy on anything. If the Pelicans were doing better, we'd be heavy on that. Um, at this time last year, we were starting to cover them a ton because they had just sort of caught fire right now. Um, but right now, we will not jump too much into one thing we will be all over the place everything we can possibly be for the next you know six or eight weeks you know it's it's so interesting that you kind of put it in 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 that light for us because when you look at new orleans as what market 48 somewhere right around there um when i look at similar markets around the country doug uh, i don't see the uh the attention on the local aspect of our sports scene like we do here. Like, like for instance, um, if you go to San Antonio or other places in similar market size, and San Antonio is probably much bigger, but um, a one pro team town there, look, it's, it, it's got to be somewhat daunting for you guys because so many people here want to hear about each of these college baseball teams, which doesn't get as much coverage other places, or – about state semifinal girls soccer, uh, that kind of a thing. Um, is that why this market in so many ways outpunches its weight sports-wise? Yeah, yeah well, that's well said. Um, there are a few television markets, and this is sort of inside baseball on my business. There are a few television markets where sports carries more of an influence. Look, this is my business News directors across the country will tell you sports don't matter, and you hear that a lot. Sports gets pushed to the side many, many, many places, and one of the moves in the 90s was sports departments at TV stations getting dropped, like in Las Vegas or in Sacramento, where they don't even have sports as part of a newscast. And if there is a sports story to be done, they send a news reporter, and they would have sports. That became the wave. New Orleans 
somehow, I guess there's been enough smart news directors, and there's also a ton of research, um, has understood that sports plays a huge role in the fabric of the city. I get more time for sports. Um, I get uh, three and a half minutes at six and three and a half minutes at ten and two and a half minutes at five. Very few sports uh, uh, sportscasts are that long at TV stations across the country. But Channel 4 has done enough research to know that this is what people care about. Um, that's just New Orleans. That, that's who we are, and luckily we've had people who recognize that in news management. We're not the only one. Like Boston is a great sports town. They care about all those professional teams, and sports gets a significant chunk of time devoted to them. But there are plenty of – Atlanta's a great example of a city that's just not a great sports town, that has the professional teams, but they're not super covered. And when, when the Saints played Atlanta on that Thursday night football game, we did a three-hour pregame show – our station in Atlanta, they did two minutes for sports that night. <laughs> like a difference in coverage wow. of how we ramped up for that game could not have been more different. Um, and and that's, that's the New Orleans market. We have, we have been a sports-centric uh, uh, television market because that's who the people in New Orleans are. Sports play a big role here, and it, it's one of the big reasons that doing sports here is so fun. Yeah, no, I, I'm glad you. I'm glad you gave us some other examples too. It's very interesting stuff. Hey, keep up the good work, and, and uh, your uh, your window is uh, far down the road as far as that slow time you referred to. So, uh, whatever you do to sustain, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah uh, the vitamins, uh, you know, extra oranges with lunch. I, I don't know, uh, but whatever you're doing, keep it up, Doug, and we appreciate you coming by today. Anytime, Sean. Yep, Doug Mouton with us here on the Black and Blue Report. Don't forget, you can catch him, of course at WWL Television. How much do you want to lose this year? 5, 10, 15 pounds? It's time to set your goal and go for it with the Smoothie King Change a Meal Challenge. Just change one meal a day with one of 20 delicious meal replacement smoothies, all under 400 calories per 20-ounce serving, and see how much you can lose. With flavors like pineapple mango, almond mocha, and more, it's easier than ever to reach for your goals. Take the Change a Meal Challenge, only at Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. Weight loss is based on a low-calorie diet and exercise program. Consult your physician before beginning any diet program. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion. Want each show delivered right to your iPhone or iPad? Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes by searching Black and Blue Report. All right, time to wrap things up from Studio B. Thanks for joining us on the Thursday edition of the Black and Blue Report. Big thanks to Justin Barrier, Doug Mouton, Sean Kelly, and Jim Eichenhofer. Be on the lookout for Jim and his work today on Pelicans.com. Trade deadline day, 2 p.m. Central. Reminder is the deadline. You never know. I mean, things might not get reported right at 2, and then an hour later, 15 trades go through. So be on the lookout for that. And, of course, we'll have everything for you on tomorrow's Black and Blue Report. The goal is to have a roundtable discussion on the trade deadline. We'll kind of wait and see how things go today. But the goal is to have Sean Kelly, John DeShazer, myself, and Jim Eichenhofer back in here do a roundtable trade deadline discussion, maybe kind of talk about the state of this team heading into the last 
29 games. We call it No Employment Radio, so you're probably listening to this as the trade deadline is approaching, and we appreciate it. And enjoy all the activity if anything happens. Some days they're quiet, or some years it's quiet. Some years it's not. So uh, thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. And uh, thanks for listening to the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans, the Black and Blue Report. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source, the Black and Blue Report.